it's the kind of like out of control drunk that everyone's just like, oh, oh, oh that's just Glenn being drunk. Like that's funny. For sure. It's not like just, oh, this cunt's being obnoxious. Some of no, but the, yeah, yeah. Out. There were there were people because the well, loose unit Glenn the first night of Rotto Fest on the Friday. There were you didn't quite get to loose unit level on the Saturday. I was. I, they were you know you were trying to, you were approaching it. Over you were nearly sick. there. I, I tried. I tried. To but drink. I saw open micers just coming up to you, just being like, hey Glenn, hey Glenn. Could you abuse me again? And you're like, uh, I'm not ready for it, guys. They love it. And we're back for another week. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? This is Brief Interviews with Hideous Men by Jez Watts, and I am Jez Watts. Uh, it's nice to have you back. Um, it's been a good week. It's been a good week for me. I, I, it's, it's been alright. Like I got to host Jest uh, last Monday. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good gig. Uh, you know what? It didn't have the strongest open that anyone's ever had because I decided to bust out a bunch of like new and like old new material, like stuff I hadn't done for like six months, uh, and it was it was it was like fine or whatever. Uh, but that's all right. That's a good lesson in itself is that then I fucking, you know, came back hard in the second, like, like I, like I built up momentum as the night went on. And then I, I feel like I did a really good job in the second half. I was, I was really pleased. Uh, I guess, you know, not every part of every set or, or MC gig or whatever, like has to be the best thing ever is the thing to take away. Um, but no, it was, it was good. It was, it was a really fun audience. Um, uh, I was really pleased with it and oh man I'm really excited like uh, the day that this podcast is dropping um, I'm doing a fucking roast battle uh, with Ben Mulvey so I expect to be decimated in that but I have three awesome jokes and I need to write a fourth one uh, before I go to bed and hopefully that's good we'll see um, but no it's been fun it's been fun uh, I had a big audition Big like like audition at the comedy lounge, which is like the pro room in, in Perth. Uh, and I had a really really good like five minute set. Had a really really good five minutes, and then uh, the last fucking line, last punchline didn't hit, and so that feels fucked because like oh man, I was right there having a perfect audition, and then it was just like well now there's a a big fucking asterisk on it. Uh, it was super annoying. I fucking hate doing fives, man. If only people could give me... Or, this is, I think it's probably true for most people, but it's definitely true for me. If people could just give me, like, a fucking 10 or a 15 to audition, I would impress them so much more than at fives. Fives are, fives are bullshit. I hate doing fives. You spend three minutes fucking just building up a rapport, and then what? You do too much, two minutes more material? Fuck that shit. I want to do 10. I want to want to be like, like here's all my best stuff, because it's, it's all, all my best stuff is in longer bits. Um, and, and what am I going to do? Like just two, two, like one and a half of them in a five. It's bullshit. But, uh, it was a good gig, um, overall, um, in, in retrospect, like after I, I spent all my time, like, like analyzing it and obsessing about it and, and being sad and, and alternately happy and stuff. Like now I actually feel good. Like having some perspective, it's fine. Um, anyway, uh, if, if this is in the future, Hopefully, I have, like, you're listening to this. Hopefully, I have stopped doing fives completely because they're bullshit. And I'm now, like, a big famous comedian. And, and no one needs me to do only fucking five minutes. Uh, but, you know, it's probably not. It's probably, uh, probably listen to it now. 
uh, if you are listening to it now, uh, yes, I would love to do a five if you have a five that, that you want me to do. Of course I do. That would be wonderful. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to do anything that, that you want me to do. Yeah, whatever. Um, goddamn fucking fives. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Melbourne and Sydney for a couple of weeks, like, like, uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's fucking cool. I get to do spleen. I get to do, uh, I get to do crab lab. Um, doing other gigs too, which are also cool in Melbourne, but those are the two that I was like, oh, holy shit, if I could do those rooms, that'll be amazing. Um, and so hopefully I don't fuck those up because I think, again, they're probably fives. And so I've got to fucking really plan this out and finish on something that's guaranteed instead of just like mostly works really well. And sometimes it just doesn't fucking land at all, which is super frustrating. I don't like this whole inconsistency of 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 punchline, especially the last fucking punchline that said it's fine something in the middle doesn't land but uh but that's cool and then i go to sydney i'm doing happy endings which is fucking awesome and i'm doing the uh, the cafe lounge which is also super awesome so i'm doing like at least in my opinion but i think it's probably commonly accepted i'm doing like the the number two and three like best rooms in melbourne and then the number two and three best rooms in uh sydney and i'm doing a lot of other like lo- fucking fun gigs too so that's that's really cool uh, that's exciting. Uh, we did all our like fringe, uh, registrations. We got all these cool things coming. I don't think we're allowed to an- announce yet for like fringe world, but lots of cool things happening. Very exciting. Um, I don't have any money as, oh man, I've never just, I've never got any fucking money. And I know this is not like particular to me in comedy, but Jesus Christ, just the amount of stress of like not knowing where, meals and drinks and shit is coming from where you just gotta be like oh i hope next week i can afford some oatmeal uh like comedy is the best thing ever but fuck man you gotta slog through some real sad realities to 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 fucking make it happen at least you know these early stages for sure but um yeah whatever what am i complaining for I'm, i'm a white male australian i've had a free education i got free government money for a long time I then defrauded the government out of a bunch of money, and now I'm going to get, like, a master's in neuroscience for that, too. Like, that's, like, really close to being all finalized. I mean, I don't need a master's in, Well, I don't know what we use a master's in neuroscience for, but it's pretty cool that I can just, like, fuck around and do whatever and still get rewarded for it. So, I should stop complaining, I guess, is, is, is my point. Um, so, the podcast this week is, I'm going to say, like, a solid six or six and a half out of ten in terms of quality, um, I think that the one we put out last week was really, like, genuinely good, um, and then prop, I think the one we have that's due next week, again, really genuinely good, um, but this one I was like, eh, it's fine, I guess, it's fine. There's actually some cool stuff in it, like, we talked to, to Manfred, uh, Jan about, uh, apparently just fucking being every one of my heroes and being like best buds. Um, and also, yeah, we get into some other stuff about, uh, oh, we, we cover like loose unit Glenn, which is like an iteration of Glenn, um, that maybe Roy doesn't care for the fucking, like, you'll hear in the podcast, like maybe Roy doesn't care, uh, for my particular descriptions of this, uh, and, and, and sort of the, the building of the legend of Glenn, which I like to do, but loose unit Glenn is the best dude ever he's not necessarily the guy who's most sensitive to feelings or um or like to to social mores 
but he's so fun, and we got to hang out with him at Rotofest. So we talked about we talked about Lucina Glenn a bit uh, in the episode as well, and you know, some sort of other things. I cut off probably like I'm going to say I cut off like 15 minutes at the beginning of this, and then I think a full half hour from the back end as well which was just complete unadulterated shit. Just bad. Just bad, bad podcasting. And honestly, like a bad talk. Like, not even not even a good hang. Um, so, yeah, I think the podcast this week is a little bit shorter. Uh, it's about half an hour of the actual, like, sort of the interview portion or whatever. Um, but uh, I think the half hour that's there is, 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 you know, it's pretty good. I mean, it's a yeah, solid six, six and a half, maybe seven. Uh, you can let us know uh, on... Twitter, fucking Segway. Uh, you listen on Twitter at Brief Hideous, like like messages and, and let us know uh, what we think about the podcast. Uh, if you like things, you don't like things, whatever. Um, that's cool. We love to hear from you. All that sort of jazz. Um, and uh, yeah, just fucking just every Monday at the Flying Scotsman. Um, oh, come to fucking if you're in Perth, come to Comedy at the Fly Trap, November six. Sunday, November 6th, it's going to be a fucking killer show. I'm really excited. Some of my favorite comics in the country uh, are going to be on the, the show. So you, uh, go to our website, infinitejest.com.au. You find details on all the various things and, and assorted whatnot and blah, blah, blahs and, and so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's go into the episode. Oh, fuck, I don't think I've even titled this. Uh, this is episode 10, by the way. Uh, episode 10, I... Um, I have I have learned that apparently like seventy to like eighty percent of podcasts, like new podcasts, never make it to episode ten. Like they fail out before they get to episode ten. But see, we we brief interviews of hideous men. We are immune to failing out because our standards for ourselves are so low that like nothing can ever stop us, right? Which is how you go on to be successful or die in the gutter. Um, so, you know, either way is fine. Um, what should we call episode 10 anyway? Um, let's, hmm, because we could call, we could call it Lucy Unit Glenn, but actually, like, there's probably, like, fucking six minutes of that. Um, we could call it, hmm, um, could call it, like, Manfred is Friends with My Heroes, um... What about what about hmm, no more heroes for Jez because Manfred's friends with them? Um, hmm, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Um, all right, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna call. Yeah, fuck it. All right, episode ten. Uh, episode t- like brief, uh, welcome to episode ten. Uh, Lucy and Clay. In the same office as Dan Harmon, <laughs> and I, I am furious. You've never told me this before, but also I'm I'm more furious that it's true. Uh, if it is true, what what what? How did this come to pass? This is fucking ludicrous. Dan Harmon is a massive hero of mine. They're both yeah. in link. Just yeah. Uh, <laughs> having talked to him, I actually quite like him as well. <laughs> I'm uh, I, and I, being his best friend. To to be very specific, he was in an office. And I was in the hallway across the office 
sitting on a, on a waiting waiting area t- uh, sofa, mm-hmm. and he hadn't shut the door properly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's less Hollywood inside and more Hollywood bystander. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how did you come to bystand in Hollywood? Like, like what, what, what led you to this? So I was in, I was in LA uh, doing my thing. I was talking to uh, some improvisers. Actually, I talked to them several times over multiple nights. Cause Dan Harmon or the improvisers? No, no, just this, this improviser, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I won't mention his name because I'm, you know, cool. Uh, but basically he... Matt let's, just, let's just call him D. Harmon. Actually, no, <laughs> wait. Uh, J. Royland. Dan H. I will, I will emphasize very heavily, I don't know Dan Harmon, and I didn't talk to Dan Harmon. Okay. So we're clear. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about a different story, though. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you this. That's actually a really semi-interesting cool story. story. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, yeah, no I, yeah. yeah, so I was just hanging out with improvisers, and it was very fun. And I said, hey, do you want to do my podcast? I was like, sure. Like, what's your address or whatever? You know, assuming it's going to be at a house. It wasn't. It was at a studio, Starburn Studio, where they... Oh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Where they... I think they record some of the voices, but mostly just write episodes right. of various shows, sitcoms. And at the time, they were writing, and we had to be very quiet because they they were writing Rick and Morty. And they they take it. They always they've been there for a week now. They've hold themselves up. They're getting very stressed, which I think you can sort of imagine. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of writing environment they enjoy, right? And yes, yeah, so, so like so it's just going to be there. So while you're while you're waiting for us to go in the studio, just. You know, just don't sort of get in their way, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, sure, right, right, right. So I'm just waiting, right? And just there's just stuff everywhere, you know, like all sorts of posters, books and things you can read, people just coming in and out. It was very low-key and no security. And anyway, one of them goes... Oh, so Dan Harmon, one of them. <laughs> Dan Harmon, right? Uh, so walking past, muttering to himself like an insane man, right? Yeah, that, yeah <laughs> as someone who listens to Harmon Town all the time, uh, that tracks. Yeah. Um, and he goes into the, one of the doors, which I didn't know was behind, and it's, it's, they're all in there, and Justin Rowland, and he's doing all the voices and stuff like that. But Dan Harmon, in his forgetfulness, I suppose, because there's some great, cool new storyline that you've probably all seen now, uh, it starts, like, like, leaves the door open. So I'm just standing there looking in at them, pitching, having fun, eating snacks, Living the life that I wish so dearly to have, mm-hmm. and it's several feet away. Yeah, that's the thing. I wish just to live your life of living <laughs> in the ho- in the hallway <laughs> where I could just just look in. So, what? Manfred, the story goes: you put on your suit and your tie, and you pretend to be the CEO of Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> you walk in. I'm Mr. Dan Harmon's brother. <laughs> we need more Ricks and more Mortys. <laughs> I'm going to need to do a new voice on this episode for the season just finished. What? No, we're doing a new episode right now. Rick and Morty meet their best friend, the Polecats. <laughs> Rick and Morty meet their English cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how everyone was, thought I was British wherever I went, um, which is annoying, but that's okay. No, it was great. Um, but and I'm not, I won't dwell too much about us, mm. but I couldn't get over how everywhere I went, basically, in LA, how accepting and non-exclusive things were and how genuinely pleased they were oh you do improv that's really cool like i don't think i don't think it is cool like you all you all do it and you're all doing things very well mm. like they seem very i don't know i don't think i think jaded's a too strong a term did you do Go ahead, yeah. uh yeah i'm just curious like did you do much stand-up there as well because i know you went, I you went there did, mostly for improv sort of i did definitely trip. did there, there mostly for improv and to a certain extent sketch cause because did shows. you find stand-up to be more standoffish or exclusive or or, or uh, less accepting I, I know what you're saying and i only did three shows of, of stand-up and i was there a month right mm-hmm. Which, as far as certainly compared to how the other comedy I did, very minor amount. Mm-hmm. 
more exclusive only that uh, <laughs> like I didn't get invited to many different places right mm-hmm. uh, I performed at some shows uh, and and one of them might have ended up as it in retrospect be an invite only show because it was much more better attended and the people on the bill were much better better yeah. than me certainly and it was hosted by Paul F. Tompkins right? oh. you piece of shit I, I was going to make a joke and like, it's true god I hate you so much um, but the other show they like I signed up at, at the door and there was like half a room and that sort of stuff they actually I, they were probably quite nice really because I, I was expecting horror shows you know, like because I've heard and I heard from other people. Yeah, like, for sure. There's loads of terrible some, yeah. nights on. Yeah, so I did perform in the comedy lounge. Paul F. Tompkins yeah. hosted a yes. show that you were on. Yes, and then so, on stage. Here's Paul- my best friend, Brian. <laughs> no, no, and my best friend who I'm so proud of. And then he hugged you close, kissed you on the cheek, and said, whispered in your ear, "Tell Jazz he'll never get this." <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, and then he gave you one of his suits. Yes. Um, how did he introduce you? <laughs> All the way from England. No, not, <laughs> says, next, there was a, quite a few people on. Yep, yep. Right, um, and they were genuinely. People, like, I did not know who they were. They were very funny. Right? Oh, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, and I was. I did perfectly fine. I did. I got um, laughs, but the, no one would have remembered me. S- certainly not compared to like Paul F. Tompkins. Did PFT was, back announce you with anything? Or uh, I, th- I think he genuinely did say because it became very apparent, like, oh, it's that night, like, give him a hat all the way from Australia or whatever, like that. Right. I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> why wouldn't I, right? <laughs> and I think that's all it is. I did talk to him backstage. I really didn't want to talk to him very much. Yeah, that's the thing. I was too busy talking to George Clooney. No, because, <laughs> no, no, no. No, yeah, I, I saw, like, Comedy yeah. Bang Bang Live, like, a couple mm. of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, it was an amazing show, and Paula Tompkins was there, Scott Ackerman was there. Oh, right, yeah, They're yeah. both, you know, two of my um, incre- did, did, incredible did he heroes. Me? Did he mention me? Uh, he, he mentioned there was a really shitty comic from England that he thought was based here now. Um, I, actually, not to That be had stolen one Scott of his... Scott Ackerman was also on the, on the bill, just oh, God. Um, but I didn't God. But I didn't talk to him, though. No, but this is the thing, like, yeah, because uh, I happen to know, like, the tour manager, and he, like, was like, oh, come back and, and meet them afterwards. Mm. Uh, just, just like the meeting yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but I was there with uh, our friend Ben Mulvey, and right. I just didn't go at all because I didn't want to like ruin the magic of what of like watching them and just fawn over them and, and be fa- a fanboy. Oh. Uh, and and what I said to Ben, and this is you know it's not going to be the case. It was like mm, you know what I'll I'll meet Scott Ackerman when I'm a guest of Stock of Scott Ackerman. But oh. now you've fucking been on Paul Tompkins' show like well before that. <laughs> he he was nice. So he, I, yeah. yeah. I think we talked about yeah we talked about friends the sitcom friends I didn't want to talk to him very what? much but just like backstage because I had to talk is about he something. a Joey fan or <laughs> I think what, what, what was that conversation I think he was talking about how which he sounded starstruck which was nice how he met the guy that played Gunther and this oh guy, I liked Gunther yeah I like Gunther too but this guy played Gunther had a lot of backstory about you know Gunther because after a while he's like really slugging into his character sort of thing and Paul of Contops sort of found that funny and I found it funny too. And that's it. Did you tell the story about how Gunther actually became a person on Friends? He did not. He said, okay. save that for Rory. Okay, well, uh, I, I hear this on podcasts all the time, and I'm pretty sure the podcast that I heard it on was uh, uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself, which has, which has uh, Paul Tompkins on it quite regularly. <laughs> so if he, probably, he probably was talking about it. Uh, so <laughs> it's, like, it's like Paul Tompkins is telling you it again. Uh, that the only reason Gunther. Actually Wait, can you do this as Paul Tompkins? Well. No, I can't. I can't remember what he sounds like. Oh no! 
Uh, you know, if I update my iTunes, I could probably just, you know, play a podcast from his spontaneous. Right, why, why don't you probably... just tell, tell the story, but uh, okay. be really brief. Okay, uh, so... <laughs> I mean, the, you're telling somebody else's story from another podcast, so, you know. Uh, it's not... I feel like we could probably go to more, like, first-person things. It's just fucking... It's just the story of how Gunfer became an extra. All right, They wanted well, an extra who knew how to work a coffee machine, and Gunfer was the only guy who knew how to do it. His new name's not Gunfer, by the way. It's, uh... Swordfer. Anyway, uh... So, uh, Gunf- so Gunfer did it, and, like, they couldn't... Knifer. <laughs> yeah, knifer, yeah, yeah, no knifing. Uh, anyway. Uh, and he was the only person who knew how to work a coffee machine. So he ended up just becoming the main extra they use for the coffee machine. That's like how the guy who played the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket became the drill sergeant. Like, he was the caterer, and the guy... No, 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 no. no. I think they... (laughs) No, that's not how it goes. Darages. They brought him on. The filmmakers brought uh, Arlie Ermey on to basically, like, train them in, like, how a military sort of, like, drill sergeant would speak... Like, but then they eventually liked his. All right. Well, first of all, I feel like you cut me off from just telling the story that I was about to tell. Also, I think you got it wrong, bro. Like, I, no, I he wasn't the caterer. He was no, an no, actual, he was. He was the caterer. No. He, all right. He was an actual military. was an actual military person. Yes, this is part of the story that I was about to tell. All right, go on, go on. So <laughs> tell the story. Then he was. You no. Know, so he was the caterer on the on the on the the film set. He sure. also had been in the military. He had been in the Marines. Uh, they had an actor to play the drill sergeant, and the caterer who'd previously been in the Marines was like, that's not how it goes at all, and like was complaining and criticizing. And so they got him to step into the role. That is the story I heard, and I'm going to say... Well, it's no, 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 no. so fucking shit to like be hired for a role in a movie. That's yeah, and then the dude good. who's making the sandwiches yeah. is just like now going to be the most iconic figure in the film for 20 years. I'll, I'll, have to f- I'll have to fact-check the caterer a bit. But I'm no, pro- it's fucking <laughs> true, bro. <laughs> it's all right, all right. true shit that I no, re- no, no, read on the internet. Your story is true. I'm just not sure about the little the caterer portion of the... So I'm going to add to the boy. story, which I genuinely did hear, is they threw oranges at him. That might be what you're thinking of, like because they threw oranges at him to see how he extracted the get. You know, get yeah. oranges for any. They threw oranges at him. Yeah, and he can, and he could he could continue with his spiel. Like even though they're throwing oranges at him, he just kept going. I'm pretty sure he was just the caterer. <laughs> but you know, you know, you're denying well, the oranges, bitch. I'm going to look it up. Yes. The, the, or- the oranges thing. Just some fucking caterer wasn't doing his job properly. That's a slice too far. I, I, I'm I not making don't, that up. That's a. I don't believe the oranges thing at all. Oh, actually, I had the story as well. They're eating no, some d- slices <laughs> on set. Uh, That's what I was he was. Yeah, he, he was playing children's soccer. They were eating orange slices. Yeah. They're like, That's you know what? The way you kick that ball. You can <laughs> the intensity where you kick that soccer ball. You can. All right, I don't really know the rest of this. That you replaced uh, the guy who did the original role because uh, with an orange because he had an orange slice in his mouth. And it will <laughs> be like this seems too much like that one scene in The Godfather. Film. And that man was Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to talk about my LA some Yeah, no, no, no I'd um, like to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, we got to um, oh, no, break an update. Uh, all right, all right. All right. Wiki- Wikipedia says, initially, he was intended to be only the technical advisor. Stanley Kubrick changed his mind after Ermey put together an instructional tape in which he went on an extended tirade towards several extras, convincing Kubrick... He was the right man for the role. There's nothing in here about. Yeah, him but he was. It was just te- he was technically advising on sandwiches. Yeah. Oranges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's go back to this LA oranges, thing. Oranges, oranges. 
Alright, so continue about LA. <laughs> uh, it's more just, and this sort of thing, I went to several cool parties, that sort of stuff. I am mentioned the coolest things. But, and then, but I went then to a studio with proper, this, these microphones are very nice, but like proper hanging microphones and a guy that's a sound desk behind glass. And they just did a, an, an, a podcast. And then, I, then, I, then a few days later, I did another podcast at the at exact same place. I gotta ask. Uh, Wait, so yeah. was that Southern's studio? Yeah. Starman's studio. Oh, what I podcast were you on? I was on Mystic uh, Mystic Pizza Party, I think it's called. Uh, you can look it up. That doesn't sound like a good one. Or something. No, it is a good one. No, hey, fuck you. It's a good one. And I had, I, 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 would, I would defend it. It was a very good podcast. And it had, uh, <laughs> well, okay, maybe not. James Buckman in it. Who, oh, excuse me, not James Buckman. Oh, fuck, now I've forgotten the guy's name. Oh, damn it. Come, you keep talking. And the drill sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> uh, who here knows the most about uh, states in America? The most about them or the yeah, most states? I just states. want to know, is Florida in, near LA, in LA? No. Florida's on the eastern Florida's side. Florida's in the south. south okay, southeastern, said, yeah. Because that's the, that's the Orange County. Uh, Would have been great. <sighs> you know? Ooh, I mean... <laughs> Glad's falling asleep, everyone. Glad's just sleepy, baby. Which is good, because he lives just around the corner from this place, which we won't mention. Wait, why wouldn't we mention this place? We want people to come here every Monday no, we'll for a men- show. No, yeah. no, they don't know that we've recorded the Lazy upstairs. Susans. Hoo-ha. <laughs> the rehearsals, not the actual show. No. Come on down to the rehearsals when we're busy. <laughs> yeah, annoy us for a bit. Uh, Humphrey Kerr was who I was talking about, who I like a lot. I don't know who that is. I know you don't know who it is, because I... Talk about more, more of my heroes that you met. Um, well, this is a long shot. You might not care about this guy at all, but I went, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just starting out on the same stories. Uh, I went to a, I went to a show. I wasn't performing in the show where the, it was a improv show, uh, Ask Cat, and th- it was Ask Cat. Mm-hmm. And the monologist was Mark, something or other, from Blink-182. Uh, and he's just telling stories about being Blink-182. It was really cool, right? What kind of stories was he telling? Like, like, based on what all the audience asked. <laughs> How we met Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> yeah, everyone was really awestruck with Paul F. Tompkins. Right? Um, it was uh, telling, like, based on what the audience, like, a word, and then who thought of. Mm-hmm. So one was laser. I thought, oh, yeah, I've got a laser story, um, which I will tell one not in brief because that was a pretty cool story about how he, for the tour, when Blink-Away 2 was touring, they had the second world's most powerful laser, right? They were not allowed to have the first world's most powerful laser, even though it was available. They're just sitting in a warehouse because it's too powerful, right? And the first um, world's most powerful laser is able to be outdoors, that sort of stuff, but they're not allowed to touch it because it, if you look into it, it will burn a hole in your eye and also it will hit planes and stuff like that. Like, it's very, it's dangerous, right? So a guy that was also, they also hired, had to operate the world's most, second, sorry, excuse me, the second world's most powerful laser. Uh, and then... I gotta ask. Go ahead, yeah. Why do they need the world's second most powerful laser? They're just a band. I think it was like, well, look at this cool laser we've got. And <laughs> maybe they put in some glass and goes, bro, lasers for everywhere. I don't yeah, know. Oh, look at it for the last time ever. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this during like the mid 2000s? I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that was like. Uh, was this when Blink 182 wanted to destroy the moon? <laughs> yes, it, was. <laughs> it was. In fact, every story seemed to be his hatred of the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just saying this would have been there during their like career slump, I'd say. Oof. Well, I was enjoying the story, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, and then uh, uh, and it was great, and that very funny people did um, improv. It was great, right? And then how afterwards, old? I was just hanging around. How old were you when this happened? How old? I was twenty. 
26. Oh, okay. Well, that was a I mean, year ago. <laughs> nobody likes me in 26. It's a Blink-182 song. Yes, one, nobody likes me in 23. I was hoping he would say 23. He really he blanked on 20, and I was like, oh, please. And he didn't. Anyway, continue. I was 182. Can you do anything with that? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> they say uh, when you blink, it's... What? Uh, you blink 182 times in a whole lifetime. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard yeah, it. I heard just that from dry eyes McGee. I heard it from the same person I heard that the caterer on uh, Full Metal Jacket <laughs> became the drill sergeant. Hey, yeah. I could still be wrong about the oranges thing. You've still got hope, okay? So. <sighs> I feel like I have none. I I have none. You've met Paul F. Tompkins. You've hung out with Scott Ackerman. And I went you, to Mark you three oranges one party. party. We can we can talk all about you know, our heroes, but let's let's try but, being our own heroes. <laughs> yeah, it's like David Bowie once said, "We could be heroes." Yeah, he said to say that to me. I was that. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's all try and be people who future generations of comedians will talk about meeting one day. Wait, but what well, you said was let's be our own heroes, which like I don't like. That seems like we're just gonna be. In, in just like a, a, a horrible cycle of of trying to just fuck fuck ourselves. Oh, up no, no, no. Actually, let me, not, let me actually, phrase. Uh, okay, I didn't fuck Paul F. Tompkins up the ass. Wait, <laughs> what? That you was met Paul F. Tompkins and you didn't fuck him up the ass. Jesus sorry, Christ, Jesus, you man! Have him on your own podcast, you couldn't. You wouldn't. You would dare fuck him up the ass. Oh, uh, God. Paul, if you're ever listening to this, uh, this we want to fuck this you is in the ass. This not Rory Mitchell. It's a it's his twin brother. Rory Mitchell. It's the same name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's imaginative parents. It's got a sound though. Yeah, certainly the last name would remain the same, I think, if yeah, it's your twin yeah. brother. Uh, anyway, um, I, actually, the, the most recent episode of Jodo's Blur Adventure, which is a great anime, uh, brings up this point of, like, being your own hero, uh, about how the most, like, about how, like, trying to, like, like, if you ever wanted to surpass Paul F. Tompkins... Have I? Yeah, like... No, I don't want to do what Paul F. Tompkins does. I just really look up to him. I want to surpass Paul F. Tompkins... Uh, not Paul F. Tompkins. I want to surpass uh, Scott Ackerman. Okay, like, they, they bring up the point, like, in the anime, like, trying to surpass someone... And Chris Gethard. That's nothing. Like, the main thing you have to do is, like, surpass yourself. Like, that's, that's what being your own hero is. This is and, an anime uh, saying this, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, and the thing is, he's doing it while playing uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors against a six-year-old kid, and if he loses the... And if he loses three games of Rock, Paper, Scissors, uh, his soul gets sucked into the kid's cheek for a hole. I'm not sure I want to take life advice from this dude. Oh, it's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, man, fuck, what a good show, Glenn. If you're still awake, you should really watch Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. It's so good. Just for the uh, podcast listening audience, Glenn is semi comatose after having three and a half pints. Hey, Glenn, you gonna be okay walking home? Search for a hero inside yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, at the very least, we should be trying to be heroes to other people. I, I don't want to be somebody else's hero. <coughs> Who would want to be like me? Actually, uh, I, think I have the, yeah. for a very long time. Uh, back when I was starting comedy, I was like, I want to be like Jeds because he's got me into comedy. Ugh. And then I slowly realized... That know, was a bad plan. No, they just wanted to be more like Colin. I yeah. Think, I think I'm getting there, you know? Yeah, that's, well, that comes back to Rotofest, actually. In that, so Colin, uh, Colin uh, has a history at Rotofest of uh, just being like a constant bit machine. Just like anytime we want like funny things to happen, we're just like, Colin, go. And it's, it's essentially just like a wind-up toy. And then he just does bits and bits and bits and bits. And we all have a great time. And Colin wasn't there for the Rotofest this year. And so Rory became like a little proto-Colin. Where he would do bits the way Colin would do bits. But many of them were not funny. 
That's just your opinion. Everyone else loved them. Actually, I... A lot of them were great. I spent a lot of my Roto Fest just riffing with Rory. A lot of them were really great. And I had a fucking great time. Yeah, so Glenn... Um, Glenn uh, yes, uh, Glenn, I'm Glenn. Yes, yes you're, you're Glenn, you're Glenn. <laughs> uh, so a particular Glenn came out at Roto Fest. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have... Well, I know a couple of you at least have met him. Uh, loose Unit Glenn. He comes once a year, and we get to just observe... Uh, the, the, the sort of majesty and tragedy of, of Glenn when he's just like fucked up drunk and like been fed a bunch of drugs and he just gets like ludicrously like in people's face. Uh, he abused a bunch of open micers, like he screamed at them for being young and having hair. Uh, and then he like, he, he, he hurled more abuse and then just like stormed out of the bar he was at, came to the place where uh, Rory and I were. And then he just like started uh, threatening to smash Rory. That was a little bit, and it did scare me though. No, but there like was a, I there was, was joking. There were yeah, several but... moments where Rory had to turn to me and be like, "Is Glenn I'm, joking?" I'm, I'm a very good actor. Actually, uh, we cut to inside the actor studio. Glenn, it's nice to have you on tonight. Uh, I'm just wondering, can we speak to you to loose unit Glenn? Is he here tonight? Uh, hang on, let me finish this drink. Oh no, Amazing. he's transforming like the Hulk. His <laughs> <laughs> uh, shirt's ripping off! Amazing. I'm Lucian Unit Glenn. Wow. That's, my, uh, that's, that's just shocking. I love it, Glenn. I love it. I love how you get into character so easily. How do you do that? I just drink a lot. Wow. I have a problem. Wow, real fucking <laughs> actor. <laughs> Glenn, I've got to ask. This is way more sad than Lucian Unit Glenn. Way to just declarat- declaratively states his issues in life. We cut back to the real Roy. Uh, just so you know, a loose unit isn't always a good thing. We cut back to the Einstein Actor Studio. Glenn, I've got to ask, is there method behind the madness? Uh, no. I see, I see. That's great, that is great. Anyway, that's all we've got, we've got to go to. We've got to cut to a commercial right now. And we cut to a commercial. It's a... Uh, Have you ever wanted to be on TV, but you're a member of the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> Why not join the Inside the Actors Studio workshop? We can be taught by George Harrison. Hi, I'm George Harrison, and I'm here to teach you all how to do it. Sure, there's only three Beatles left, and I'm one of them, <laughs> I think. Is George Harrison one of the Beatles? Nope, cancer. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's okay. one of cancer. Oh, gosh. Uh, I thought I was more of a Leo, really, but uh, <laughs> I'm dead, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Uh, there's two Beatles left. Yes. So I can only really do One of them is me, Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, Paul, must see you here. Inside my, uh, my inside the action studio, we cut back to the real Rory. So, Glenn, Lucy and Glenn was... It's my first time to Lucy and Glenn. And, like, I thought it was all right. It was cool, you know? Lucy and Glenn is really just Glenn who like who's talked enough and is comfortable. Yeah, it's it's bits. it's Glenn. Yeah, it's Glenn where like he's he's like sort of uh, chemical uh, imbalance in his brain has switched from like turning him to a clinically depressed, quiet, uh, sort of introverted, uh, sad sack into an abusive, drunk fuck. Yeah, now, and everybody loves him. But like, I, yeah, I, it's the kind of 
like out of control drunk that everyone's just like, oh, oh, that's just Glenn being drunk. Like that's funny. For sure, it's not like oh, this cunt's being obnoxious. Someone no, but there, yeah, yeah, out. there were there were people because the well, Lucy to Glenn the first night of Rotto Fest on the Friday. There were you didn't quite get to loose unit level on the Saturday. I was, I, they were, you know, you were trying, you were approaching over it. You were nearly sick. there. I, I tried, I tried, to but change. I saw open micers just coming up to you, just being like, "Hey, Glenn, hey, Glenn, can you abuse me again?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm not ready for it, guys." It's so weird, though. They love it. Like, yeah, I think it's weird. It's, it's a really weird situation to put in. See, Jez, you keep doing what I hate, and like being like. <laughs> See, Comedy. You, <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, see, loose unit Glenn is actually a chemical imbalance. You see, he was on this, this, and this. It's like when the when this happens, like, no, it's just Glenn when like he's really comfortable talking in a very big open environment. Like he was just drunk and has been around enough people that he knows for long enough. They're like, he's cool doing bits. But you're just, you're just like, no, you don't understand. It was, it's this whole thing. It's he's, he's hooked out to this new transformation. You know, he's digivolved into loose unit Glenn. Yeah, but really, it's like, just like Glenn cool. is cool being okay at Reddo Fest. The thing, the thing, everyone. the thing that hurt, I guess, was just like afterwards where they're like, oh man, oh, that was so cool. Like, he was so fun when you're drunk. Like, you should drink more. And it's just like, oh, sorry, man. I can't fucking live up to your standards when I'm sober. Hey, you can't live her up to it. Just so you know, Glenn? Hey, huh? Just so you know. Doesn't matter if you're loose unit or not. I like the real Glenn. Yeah, Thanks, Rory. you don't like need to, you don't need to fill yourself with alcohol and other substances to be an enjoyable person. We like you just the way you are, Glenn. And I think you do. <laughs> anyway, my favorite bits that night, uh, that that whole Rotary Fest, were uh, when you made fun of me saying like, "Oh man, he's trying to be like Colin," and then like I pretended like a full moon hit me, and then I became like a werewolf, Colin, and uh, I started doing bits like, "Oh look at me, I'm just this jacket." <laughs> That's why Colin laugh. Uh, I feel bad. I feel like I'm insulting him when I, I really. I just want to. I don't remember that at well, all. You guys, just to be fair, it was being your jacket. Uh, you might remember that. It was on the second night. It was anyway. It was all very good, very funny. Oh uh, yeah, I was high as fuck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I I smoked. Um, a big old roofy roof. Yeah, this fucking really. I don't want to. I, no, I, you can I, say I, we're I, we're all playing characters. Really fat, fucking blunt, blunt. Yeah, and it just fucking hit me so hard, so fast. And then, like, I was just like freaking out. I was just like, "Oh man, I'm really high. I need to just shut up and just sit quietly because I'm gonna freak out." And then Rory's just doing his shit, and it was so funny that I was laughing so hard that I couldn't breathe, and I had to literally be like, "Rory, can you just shut the fuck up because I can't breathe." I think that was during the scene where, uh, oh, man, was where so Nick great. Marrow was sitting there sad and depressed, like, oh, you know, I just, I miss my girlfriend so much, and I just don't want to walk back to the barracks alone. I just don't want to be by myself right now, so I'm just going to sit with you guys. And then, like, I walked up to him and, like, pretended I was at a drive-thru and, like, pulled my, pulled my glasses down and went, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, two, two burgers, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't respond. <laughs> and I just kept going with it. No, Nick Marrow wasn't at Rotofist. No, it was uh, Nick Manese. I get Nick them Manis. mixed up all the time, even though they're both wonderful talents. Yeah. Oh, I was man. a little worried when he mentioned Camaro's girlfriend. Famously <laughs> <laughs> married. Like, oh, Jesus. Last night at the fucking event, Nick Marrow, like, apparently, like, apparently, I only learned about this after the show, 
was just staring at my girlfriend so hard during the show, like a dead stare, like, ooh, like staring a hole into it. And she was so scared. And then afterwards, well, he that's, came his, up, that's his girlfriend that he missed. He came out after the show and was like, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my wife because you both wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part is, when I went down there, his wife was sitting in front of my girlfriend. And he still didn't know that was his wife. And she was like, he was just staring at me. And it was so scary. Later on that night, uh, he took a bunch of mushrooms mm. uh, and uh, was uh, cackling around a fire. But the fire was like there was no wood in the fire it was just like pizza boxes and he was like guys 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 i've got to have a fringe poster right where it's a fire and me cackling and then the title of the show is gonna be me talking about stuff dot 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 a little bit dirty comma winky face where the where the fucking image of this thing is like him as a maniacal wizard just just fucking cackling around a fire and then so he was forcing his wife to like take pizza slices out of like half discarded boxes, put them into other boxes, and then take the box and burn the box, and then he would take a bunch of photos and be like, "Nah, that wasn't good enough." Ah, and then make his wife do more. And man, she looked so unhappy to be there. <laughs> she did not want to be hanging out with Nick at all. I wish I was there. My girlfriend worked the next morning. I, I just like how like the whole night he would have just thought it was you with your arm around his wife (laughs) 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 hey Rory you you really have become like me (laughs) (laughs) how you think it feel to see another MC get paid using my rap style and I'm playing the background meanwhile I ain't with that you can't forget that you took my style I'm taking it back coming back like return of the Jedi sucker MC's in the place that was it. That was it, hideous people. That was the episode, uh, episode ten. Uh, done, done, dusted. Um, follow me on uh, on the social medias at Infinite Jazz. Uh, you can go again. You can go to the Infinite Jazz website for um, infinitejazz.com.au for uh, you can stream the episodes and stuff there. I I was putting up all this like extra details and shit like on the Jazz website, and then I got. Bored. I don't want to do that. So it's pretty much now, like the later episodes, it's just like a fucking link to the audio feed. But you can download it on there if you want, or you know, just check out the other things we're doing. Like we'll always have links to to the to the stuff we're getting into um, on that website. I'll tell you one thing. One thing I deleted from the end of this podcast because it was poor. It was probably it was not half an hour. It was like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes of, of just improv scenes, uh, which is all based around. It was all based around Mister Potato Head. Uh, for some reason, but I will say that there were there were different body parts that were being talked about. Obviously, Mr. Potato Head, you can add and remove body parts and whatnot. Um, and there is a line in it that would have been the name of the episode had I kept in all this fucking terrible things um, that you, I think, would be grateful I have removed, like like and just cut off the end. But had I kept all of them in, and you'd have to like suffer through the pain of it, and obviously you probably wouldn't have, you would have tuned out a long time ago, but if you did, um, which is this, the phrase, uh, Mr. Potato Pussy. Now, that's a pretty good phrase, and it would have been the end of the episode, and, you know, maybe I'll have a friend show about it, who knows, Mr. Potato Pussy, um, fucking rest in peace in the cutting room floor of brief interviews with hideous men. Um, guys, thanks again for tuning in, um, that is, that is it, we're done, uh, I'll see you next week, or I hear you next week. Um, fucking be good to each other. 
Uh, oh, and like rate us on iTunes and shit. Uh, if you rate us on iTunes, that's good for us and, you know, where other people too, and then we'll be good to you. And then that's, that's, we'll all be good for each other. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully more people find out about the podcast and all that kind of stuff as well. It's weird. It's weird to record and put out a podcast to not many people. It's not your fault. Like, you're the people who listen in. We like you. You're great. But, like, uh, you know, it would be nice uh, to listen to some other people too. Um, listen to some other... Be listened to by other people. Uh, that would be good. Um, anyway, guys, uh, thank you again. Uh, have a good week. And, uh, oh, if you're, if you're in Melbourne and Sydney, come and say hi uh, when I'm over there. Uh, as well. Until then, uh, peace. I the everybody's head about the bed. The bed, bed, bed. The bed's a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. The bed is a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. Well, the bed is a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. The bed's a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. Well, the bed is a winner. Well, the bed, bed. The bed's a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. The bed's a winner. Well, the bed, bed, bed. Well, the bed is a winner. Well, the bed, bed. The bed's a winner. Well, the don't you know about the bed? Ba 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 